yourself, guys. Have a break. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it from here. We're all good. <laughs> well, good evening, everyone. How are we? You're all good? Sandy and I had the pleasure of having a family over for lunch that has come all the way from Iran. Not Iran, as we call it. Iran. And they've been through the refugee process. You'll enjoy this, Alice. <laughs> Alice keeps asking me, when are we going to do something with refugees? Well, I said, I don't know how to. But they've uh, come to Gladstone, and it was great having them and just lis listening to them and uh, their story. And it's very exciting. And w one thing they shared with us is that, because um, they've only both recently been converted to Christianity, uh, we're guessing they're in their 30-ish, 40-ish sort of age bracket. So they've been Muslims for many years. But in Iran, it's very much just, um, I don't know, way of life. It's, it's, it's not a heart thing like Christianity is. And they, w they would estimate that there's 40% or more of Muslims if they were out of Iran would probably become Christians. Yeah. Because in Iran, you Google Christianity and almost instantly you have a knock on the door because they have surveillance of your phone, your internet, your everything. Whatever you do, they're watching. They probably do it here in Australia, but we just don't know it. But at least we don't get knocked on the door. And so it was, uh, it was exciting just to talk to a a couple, a family from, from that area of the world and to, to see what God was doing in their life. And um, I like the way God puts things together because, um, can you remember his name? We'll, we'll go with the husband at the moment because I can't remember his name. <laughs> he went to Georgia, which is above Iran and below Russia, working and that's where he found uh, Christ because Georgia is predominantly Christian and there was uh, a, he went to an Iranian church there, Iranian pastor and so we contacted him when he said he was they were leaving and coming to Australia and this uh, pastor happened to know a pastor from the ACC in Australia worked that out and so when they were heading they didn't come to Gladstone first. They'd been some other places. And as they were coming here, he said, well, you better go to Port City Church in Gladstone if you're going to Gladstone. So thumbs up to us, eh? <laughs> so next week, no, we'll be here. So uh, make yourself known to them and make them feel welcome in Australia and Port City. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you work in mysterious ways and... Uh, we, we certainly understand that your ways are far higher than ours. And uh, we thank you that you're with us here this evening and uh, we thank you that through your Holy Spirit you'll speak to each and every one of us. That you can take the words I have put together and you can just take them into a person's heart, that they can take hold of them and the whole, through you, Holy Spirit, that we can be changed and we become more like you. We thank you for your word, that your word brings life and truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 says, 
Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Anyone heard that recently? It's a pretty popular Christmas time of year scripture, isn't it? We all hear it in plays and on the telly, and it's probably the, 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 the one time of the year we can proclaim that from the rooftops and not get in trouble. So we'll keep doing that while we can. And as I looked at it, I was doing it, I was just doing my uh, devotions the other day, I was reading Matthew chapter 1, and I kept looking at it and I thought to myself, so what does it mean? What does it mean, God with us? I mean, I've been a Christian for 32 something years, I've heard the, the, the teaching, I did Christology in Bible college and I passed it, so I guess I learned something about God with us. In amongst all that. So what does it mean to me, to a 58-year-old average Aussie in living in Gladstone, how does it look? What, what, is it, what does God with us mean to me? And I had to sit and really sit for a while to get all that I knew out of it so I could think about what it actually means to me. Because as I said, I've... And many of you, if you've been around Christianity for only a little while, you've heard plenty of teaching on God with us. We sing it in songs, the whole thing. And I wanted to get that out of my mind so that I could get into my mind what it actually means to me. See, John, John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. And down in verse 14 it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So how does that work out? itself into my life today a tough question if you're trying to get rid of all that you know well they did get some thoughts and i just wanted to share those with you tonight 55 of them so i think we'll be and i think i'm about half an hour with each one so um, settle in at least the front row got it the others are just stunned. <laughs> Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. There's a whole another sermon there talking about the love of money and being content. But I just want to focus on the never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, the Lord says. And like the newborn Jesus, I am very vulnerable. I mean, Jesus couldn't be any more vulnerable than a, a baby. Yeah. Can it be? They, 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 a baby, from the moment, or even probably before it's born, has to rely on everybody else to help it, to, to, to nurture it, to look after it. And in the same way, even in my life today, still, I have all kinds of sin I come against. I have distractions from my faith. Thing James was talking this morning about things, the, 
the, the voices in the marketplace that are distracting us from our faith. We can have health problems both mentally or physically that, that we've got to deal with. We worry about things. We all know that the word says somewhere that you know, worry is a sin. We, we can rabbit that off, but we all worry. And who doesn't worry? Well, Alice doesn't worry. Oh, good on you. That's one of us. That's probably a good indication of a... But most of us do. Yet God says he will never leave me or forsake me. Not now, not ever. God with us has been there. All the things that I go through, Jesus, God with us, has been through. Sin was placed squarely in front of him and he was tempted in every way. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize, empathize, yeah, with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Hebrews 2.18 says, Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. 1 Corinthians 10.13, I learnt this off by heart, but I've forgotten it, so I had to write it down. As a Sunday school teacher, it was a memory verse we had to learn. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. So if you are going through something tonight, you're not the first one. I reckon that's a, that's a good, good start that you realise you're not on your own. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Have a think about that. So if, if you're really struggling, God knows you can handle it. That's a good thought for God, isn't it? <laughs> not so good for us. <laughs> but... He can be tempted beyond what we can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. What a wonderful God, our God with us. Pastor James said this morning, God just wants me to trust him, even if everything doesn't go to plan, because that trust brings peace in our lives. God with us has been there and is here with me, And as I look to him, he will get me through whatever comes my way. Another thought is that Jesus put himself under both earthly and heavenly authority. If we look in Luke chapter 2, we see where uh, the passage where Jesus was... uh, when they were, the family was returning to Nazareth after being to Jerusalem to do their religious duty for the year and they couldn't find him. They found him in the temple and he was chatting with the, the elders of the, of, the, of the temple and uh, <coughs> he, uh, he says to them, well, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And uh, then in verse 51 52 of Luke 2, it says, Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man. He was subject to them. As a young boy, something like I think he was about 12 years old there, it says back in verse 42, he was a 12-year-old boy 
and he was well aware of who he was. That simple statement, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? I don't think he was talking about Joseph. He was talking about his heavenly father. He knew who he was by then. How that is, we don't know because it doesn't tell us. But he obviously had the revelation he was God's son. He was about his father's business and yet he put himself under subject of his earthly parents. Then it goes on to say, And Jesus grew in, in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man. In the same way God has placed people of authority in my life that I need to submit to if I want to grow in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man, just like Jesus did. I've heard the ones who, well, God's the only one that, uh, you know, I have to come under, I don't have to come under any man thing, it's me and God. But I don't often see them growing in wisdom and stature. And I don't see them growing in favour with God and with man. Very independent. It's a dangerous place to be. Hebrews 5.8 says, Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things that he suffered. So Christ learned obedience so that he could know my struggles. Hebrews 4.15, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. God with us knows what it's like to be under authority, and he expects me to do likewise. Thought three of 55. My Christianity, my beliefs... My faith tells me that I am lost, that I am a sinner without hope, without a future facing eternity without Christ, and there's nothing I can do about it. It is impossible for me in my own strength and abilities to rise to a place of perfection that will allow me to enter into God's presence. In Matthew 19, there's a discussion Jesus has what they call, who they call a rich young ruler. And he asked Jesus the question, what good thing shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus goes through the, the, the commandments about not murder, not, not commit adultery, you shall not steal, honour your parents, love your neighbour as yourself. And he said, well, I've done all these things all my life. What do I still lack? And Jesus replied to him, if you want to be perfect... We'll say that again together. If you want to be perfect, go sell everything you own, give the money to the poor, and you will have riches in heaven. Then come and be my follower. When the young man heard this, he was sad because he was very rich. It's an interesting word, isn't it? Perfect. When we're talking about entering heaven. The Amplified Bible says, If you wish to be perfect, that is have the spiritual maturity that accompanies godly character with no moral or ethical deficiencies. That's not a bad... Oh, what's the word? Yeah, description. <laughs> I just had a senior's moment. Of perfection. 
that is to have the spiritual maturity that accompanies godly character with no moral or ethical deficiencies. I cannot attain perfection without God with us. There are, sections, there are verses in the Bible that talks about man being perfect. In Matthew 5, 48, it says, it says, Therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. But it's talking about how we treat our enemies, how we are to love our enemies. Anyone been uh, guilty of sort of not being real nice to someone who's not real nice to us? I'm the only one, okay, all right. I'll pray for you all later. But I can be perfect if I love my enemies as the Bible tells me to love my enemies. Without God with us, I can't do that. You may be able to, but I can't. John 17, 23 says, I and them and you in me, this is where Jesus is praying for his disciples, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Note there's a connection between the Father and me. And it's Jesus in the middle if I'm going to be perfect. Colossians 1.28 says, Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may be present, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. That's the key. That's where we attain perfection in Christ Jesus. That's where I can get perfected in Christ Jesus. Without Christ, I cannot attain that perfection that he talks about to the young ruler. Jesus says, not long after they've been talking to the young ruler, Jesus goes on to talk about uh, how impossible uh, it's like uh, for a rich man to enter heaven. He's like a camel going through the eye of a needle. And all the, all the disciples are going, well, how the heck are we going to get into heaven? That's the Australian version of the... What the... And Jesus says to them, with men this is impossible. But with God all things are possible. God with us means... I have a wonderful, eternal hope. If the music team would like to come up, that would be terrific. So I guess in amongst all that, there's still a lot of theological... <laughs> hang on a minute. <laughs> Theology that I do know. But I think it's an outworking of the theology that I know that speaks to me, and I hope it speaks to you. Now when I think of these three words, God with us, I will be reminded that God has walked this path and continues to walk this path called life with me, promising never to leave me nor to forsake me. That like God has placed authorities in my life that I must submit myself so that I will be bear the fruit of growth in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man. And that only through my faith in Christ may I be made perfect. 
Acts 4.12 says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among people by which we must be saved. For God has provided the world no alternative for salvation. So tonight, I'd like to leave you with a question for you to ponder what I pondered. Emmanuel, God with us. I want you to ask that same question that I asked myself during the week. What does that mean to me? Let's stand together. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for that scripture that tells us that you are God with us. And I ask, Lord, that as during the week I've pondered on that to, to try and get a grasp of, of what that means to me, that likewise each and every one of us would take that this evening and, and, and look at that and Holy Spirit, you would just guide each and every one of us to those thoughts that what it means to us as individuals. I just thank you, Lord, that God with us means we have a, an amazing Saviour that knows our every, every part of our being and knows how we feel. He knows where we've, the, the, the fight against, uh, I guess, sin and temptation that we have because he's been there. We give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.